until that happens, understand the game, right? One side of the tax code is for employees to pay the bills. The other side of the tax code is for small business owners to stimulate the economy and to create people who can pay the bills. So therefore, that side, that side of the the equation is going to pay less taxes. You just clicked in to the Get Your Money Right podcast, the podcast where not only do we want you to get your money, we want you to get your money right. This is episode number 37. We take a deeper dive into the first big money killer, and that is taxes. What's the good news, people? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Get Your Money Right podcast, a podcast where we talk about money like it's everybody's business, because I truly believe if we're not good with money, it's because we don't talk about money. And this show is designed to change just that. I am your host, the money misfit, Jamar Dupas, and this is episode number 37. And today, we're going to get into a little bit more detail about the whole tax situation. Last week in episode number 36, we talked about the four financial killers. And these are the four big things that I see, that I've observed, that I've read about, and, and I've even talked with people about that keeps us from achieving our financial goals, from having wealth, from creating generational wealth, from even having money in our own pockets, right? It's those things that make you feel like you're always behind. No matter how much more money you make, it just seems like you just can't get to where you, you think you should be. And one of those was taxes, right? So today, we're going to take a little bit more of a deeper dive into taxes. Now, before you turn me off or, or take a nap or whatnot, you know me, if you've listened to any of my episodes, that we come from a different perspective. But today, we're going to talk about more of the tactics, things you can use to lower your tax burden, so to speak, so you can keep more of your money and put more of it to work for you and uh, go from that. So if this is your first time tuning in, I'd like to say welcome. Thank you. Don't know how you got here, but I do appreciate you getting here. We talk about money here, if you, if you, if you haven't already figured it out, and we talk about it from a practical, a practical perspective and how it relates to real life and what we could do to use it to achieve our goals, to raise amazing families, to go see the world or Whatever it is that you want to do with your own money. Uh, and we talk about that from that perspective. If you want to find out more about what we do and how we do it, head over to our website, yourmoneyright.com. That's yourmoneyright.com. There you'll find more details. Uh, you can join the email list. Consider joining the Misfits. You can get a free course in there, a roadmap on how to get your money right. And then a bunch of other things that are coming down the road. We actually got a, a webinar coming up soon on how to cut the paycheck, the paycheck cycle, which I'm pretty excited about. It's been one of those things that I've been asked quite a bit about, so we're going to talk about that. But anyway, head over there to yourmoneyright.com uh, to get on that and join the rest of us misfits as we go on this journey of financial freedom and all that good stuff. So uh, if you haven't also, by the way, if you like what you hear, if you've learned anything from any of these shows, if you think this is a great show, do me a favor and leave us a review over on iTunes. You can just click the little button right there in your details or just search to get your money right podcast 
in your favorite podcast player and your review uh, button should pop up. And that's in pretty much all the podcast players. So consider doing that for us. That would really, really help us out. Uh, get the uh, momentum going and get the getting iTunes, you know, showing us up so we can uh, do all that good stuff. So with that being said, let's get on with the quote of the day. And today is a pretty popular quote. You've probably heard it before. If not, you're going to be enlightened. This is by one of our founding fathers of this here great nation, Benjamin Franklin, who's also a slave owner, by the way. But just thought I had that in there, a little history lesson. But he also had some babies for our slaves, too. So I guess he he was a little conflicted. But anyway, here's a quote. He says, in this world, nothing can be said to be certain except death and taxes. Right. (laughs) So you said that you've heard that before. Ain't no guarantees in life but death and taxes. So today we're going to talk about taxes and how they affect you and how you can lower your tax burden. Um, but I must start off with a disc- disclaimer, right? I am not a tax professional. I'm not any type of financial expert whatsoever. I just study this stuff. I'm more of a, a junkie when it comes to I'm a hobbyist when it comes to money. And mainly because I grew up not having any. Uh, and then even in my early adult life, struggled to even keep it around. So uh, I am not a tax professional. I am not a CPA. You should seek out your tax professional, your tax lawyers, your your CPAs, your accountants for your particular tax situation. Because, of course, I don't know anything about you. So don't take any blanketed information or blanketed advice from me. In fact, don't take any blanketed advice from anybody unless they completely know you and your situation. With that being said, let's get on with it. So uh, we talked about taxes last week. and. Just to kind of recap, if you don't know, if you're not aware of and if you don't want to go back and listen to that past episode, which you should do, because there's four things that keep you keep you you and your money down. But we talked about taxes and how taxes is one of those things a lot of people don't think about. Right. Uh, Because we just kind of pay them. They're just kind of part of our lives. And when it comes to our income taxes, the government learned a long time ago, if they can just take the money out of the check before we get it, we eventually just stop even thinking about it. And they make sure they get their money on time every time. Right. Um, But taxes are actually our largest expense. We will end up paying uh, 30 to 50 percent of every our gross income to taxes Uh, every year. The. uh, uh, the tax folks out there, they do a um, they do a study and they figure out how long it takes for us to uh, work to pay our tax burden. They call us the tax freedom day. And essentially what you end up doing is working January, February, March and April just to pay the taxes. Right. So the people in the United States of America, we work the first four months of the year just to pay the tax burden of the country. So that's a pretty big deal. Uh, they go on to say that we will actually spend more money on taxes than we do on food, than we do on housing, than we do on clothing combined. That's a lot of money, right? More taxes than we do on food, clothing, and housing. Um, and with that being said, since now that we understand that taxes is such a huge burden, takes so much of our money, why don't anybody ever talk to us about how to lower our tax burden? How do we get to the point where we can get some of that back? Now, some of you may be thinking, but hey, I get a tax refund every year, so I don't pay any taxes. Well, if you think that, that's not true, right? So whenever you get a tax refund, 
the IRS is actually giving you back money that you've given them throughout the year, right? Now, let me say this, though. There are some people who get a tax refund and they actually, they have no tax burden, but you still do pay taxes, just may not be a federal income tax, right? But anyway, that money that you get back from the taxes is like an overpayment check. Y'all remember the OP checks back in college? You, you get them student loans and you pay your tuition and all that stuff and they get your OP check, right? You feel like you're rich, but basically you're not getting anything back from the college or university. It's just that loan that you applied for um, that was more uh, above and beyond what your tuition and stuff was. So that's all your tax refund is. They're just giving you the money back that they've been taking from you throughout the entire year. So essentially, when you get a large tax refund, uh, like I said last week, the average tax refund for the individual is about $3,000, right? So if we break that down, um, that's about $250 a month. So basically, you're giving the government a $3,000 interest-free loan throughout the year. Um, Again, interest-free loan throughout the year, and they're just giving it back to you because it's your money. That's why they call it a refund, not a gift, right? Um, so that's what that is. So if you think that you don't pay taxes because you get a refund, that may not be entirely true. Remember, your refund is money that they owe you. So uh, with that being said, one of the biggest things, one of the biggest ways that we as employees and even small business owner, but especially employees, because nobody talks about employee talks to employees about tax strategies, because quite honestly, there's not a whole lot of tax strategies that are out there to help us reduce our tax burden. I'm going to talk about a few of them today um, that relate to your employment and your health care costs and things like that. But uh, on a grand scheme of things, when compared to to businesses and, 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 and things like that, as an employee, you just don't get a whole lot of tax breaks. And I'll talk to you a little bit more about that later on. But let's get back to this whole tax refund thing, right? Because this is one of my favorite techniques when I sit down with somebody who's having uh, financial troubles or maybe they've never actually taken the time to figure out how to properly do money, so to speak. Um, one of my favorite things to do with them is to sit down and talk to them about their tax refund, right? We get a lot of people that get very large tax refunds, 3000 4000 5000 6000 I've seen nine and even $10,000 tax refunds, right? And that may seem like a, a, a big deal, right? So especially when it comes around, you get that big check, you feel like it's Christmas again, like you got a big gift. A lot of people wait. They can't wait to get their tax refund money, right? So they can go go shopping, maybe to go uh, buy a car, maybe they, some people even pay off some debt and things like that. But I am not a fan whatsoever of getting large tax refunds. Now, I don't mind you getting a tax refund. Every year, I try to minimize my tax refund. I try to get a tax refund either at zero or less than, let's say, $500 to $1,000. If I get more than $1,000 on a refund, I'm pretty bothered by that. I'm not bothered that I get it because I'm going to take it and I'm going to cash it. I mean, it gets direct deposited anyway. But I want my money throughout the year. I don't want to wait for my money to come a whole year later. Now, a lot of people say, well, they like it because it's a forced spending or forced savings plan for them, right? But let me talk to you about why these are bad ideas, Uh, especially if you're somebody who is throughout the year has some financial hardship or you've bounced some checks or overdraft fees or if you owe any money, so if you have any debts, if you have a car, if you have uh, credit cards, if you have a, a mortgage, 
any of that type of stuff, if you have debts and things like that, you should not be giving the IRS your money throughout the entire year. Because here's the deal. By them keeping your money, not only are they keeping your money and not paying you interest for it, but the debts that you have, the car notes, the credit cards, the mortgages, they're still charging you interest throughout the year. So not only are you not getting interest from the IRS for giving them your money and letting them hold on to your money, you are losing money on the back end because you're not paying down your debt, right? And even if that's not your case, if you've had an overdraft fee, if you have uh, some uh, bounce checks, those things probably would not have happened if you had a little bit more cash flow. Uh, I remember reading those few years ago now. I don't know the numbers now, so don't quote me on this. You can look this up yourself. But they were talking about like the average bankruptcy in America. And it was saying something like if the average person could have had an extra 200 to $250 a month uh, extra that they could have avoided bankruptcy. And that that one, it kind of broke my heart. It's like, man, it's only only $200, $250 and you went bankrupt over $250. But then when you look and see that the average tax refund is $3,000, you take $3,000, divide that by 12, you're looking at about two $250 a month, right? Because these are bad practices. And that to me is one of the biggest ways we can reduce our tax burden. Now you're saying, hey, you're not really reducing taxes by getting your money right away, right? But that tax can become a burden on you, especially if you're paying interest for something else. If you're paying fees for something else, or if you're paying, uh, you're not getting, if you're not making the ends meet throughout the year, and you're only feeling good that one time when you get that tax refund. Well, what you need to do is number one, get a better grip on your money, right? At least that's what I had to do. And when we did that, you know, everything became a little bit better. So we got a better grip on our money and how to handle our money, what to do with our money, where our money should go and all that good stuff, right? And then having that extra money that comes in every month, right? So I had, uh, I think I told a story last week, but young lady was getting $6,000 uh, tax refunds, right? We adjusted her W-4. Now she's getting an extra $500 a month. What could you do with an extra $500 a month? What could you do with an extra $250? Could you pay down your mortgage a little bit faster? Could you get rid of that credit card debt? Could you just get a little bit of extra breathing room? Could you go shopping a little bit more? Maybe you could take that 200 because everything else is right. And maybe you want to put that towards your retirement if you want to do the retirement thing. Or maybe you want to go put that towards your financial freedom account. Whatever it is you want to do, you can go You can go vacations, right? If you take that $250 a month, right, and let's say let it build over, you know, four months, a thousand bucks, you can take you a nice little cruise or something. You can do like three of those out the year. Right. I mean, the point I'm trying to make is if you're letting the IRS keep your money, just think about the other things that you could be doing with your money that you're not doing because you're letting them keep your money. So you might be saying, hey, um, I don't want to do this. This sounds risky because I don't have to owe them anything. Remember what I said. If you already owe somebody some money, it's costing you a whole lot more money (laughs) anyway. Right. Number two. You don't have to worry about that. The IRS has that covered. If you go to irs.gov, there's a withholding calculator, right? You go on the withholding calculator. I think you'll be made like a paycheck stub or something like that. But you basically enter your numbers and it will spit out a W-4 form for you. So to make sure you don't get a too big of a refund, it will spit that out for you. All you got to do is print it, take it to your HR department at your job or whatever, and you're good to go. 
Now, trust me, they don't want you to have to, they don't want you to owe either because they're afraid if you have to owe that they won't get their money, right? So that's the reason why they take the money out of the paycheck before we see it because they know uh, they don't trust us as regular employees, right? Business owners and businesses, uh, they pay their taxes last. We as employees, we pay our taxes first, right? Uh, because the IRS takes it out before you even get a chance. So that's one of the first things you could do to reduce your tax burden and lighten the load on yourself a little bit better, especially when it comes to getting your money right. And if you don't feel comfortable doing that right now, if you want to contact me, we can sit down. You can send me an email. We could talk about it. Maybe you want to kind of get your budget situation together first before you're doing that because you don't maybe maybe you don't trust yourself right now with money. That's fine. Make sure you make sure you're on the email list at the bare minimum. We're going to do a webinar on how to cut the paycheck to paycheck cycle. And in that webinar, you'll find some tips and stuff on how to handle money um, the way we handle it. That's pretty much takes the whole thought process out of a lot of this stuff. So that's that. The second thing you could do is uh, utilize the programs that are out there that you're paying your taxes for anyway. Right. For example, uh, we pay taxes for our Medicare, Medicaid. We pay taxes for our libraries. You know, our taxes go towards all kinds of things, right? Um, so if you don't know, there's a probably a library in your town. Utilize the resources at the library. We did a, a course, not a course, we did a show uh, early on when we first started about how to, to get a uh, free education, right? And one of those, I talked extensively about all the resources that are at the library. So I'm not going to get into that right now, um, but you can go back to the episode and I'll put it in the show notes um, if you want to go go check that out. In the show notes, you can find it on yourmoneyright.com. It's going to be yourmoneyright.com forward slash EP37, as it always is. But uh, we talk about that. So utilize things from like the, uh, the library. There's so many uh, resources you can get out of the library. Um, things like mortgage credit certificates. If you've not bought your house or maybe you're getting ready to buy a house or if you're a first time home buyer, really, this is only for first time home buyers. There's something called the mortgage uh, credit certificate. And I regret not being able to get this because nobody told me, told me about this stuff. Um, and I'm hoping to be a resource where I can tell you guys about stuff or tell y'all about stuff that nobody else would tell us about it. And one of the reasons why a lot of people are not told about these certain programs especially something like this mortgage uh, credit certificate, what it does, it literally gives you $2,000 a year back because you have a mortgage. Not a tax deduction, but a tax credit, right? And just kind of real quick, if you don't know the difference between the two, a tax deduction, for example, will deduct from your taxable income. So here's an example. If I earn fifty thousand dollars this year and I do, I take a ten thousand dollar deduction. Instead of the IRS taxing me on the fifty thousand dollars, they will tax me on the forty thousand dollars. Right, so they deduct ten thousand dollars from my fifty thousand. So now I pay taxes on the forty instead of the fifty. That's what a deduction does. Now a credit, a tax credit, gives you dollar for dollar based on what you owe. So if I don't owe the IRS anything, right, they've taken out the perfect amount, but then additionally I get a tax credit, say like a child tax credit of $1,000. That means I will get a $1,000 check. It doesn't deduct it from my taxable income. It just gives it to me on the bottom line. So that's the difference between a deduction and a, and a credit. Now, um, 
about this mortgage deal. So they give you a thousand dollar credit every year. Now, one of the reasons why I feel like nobody talks about this is one, people don't know about it. Number two, uh, a lot of your mortgage brokers and realtors and things like that, they won't tell you about it because it usually adds another week or two to the closing process when you're buying a house, right? So when you buy a house, it usually takes about 30 to 45 days to close on a house. Now, when you start adding a lot of these like down payment assistance programs and these credit uh, uh, programs and things like that, they, there's more paperwork, so it adds to the time of closing, and they want to get their money, and they want to get paid, and they don't want to do anything that delays the closing process. So I think that's why a lot of people don't know about it. But you could only be a first-time home buyer to get this, and if you didn't get it when you bought the house, you can't get it anymore. But anyway, that comes from the taxes we pay. It's basically the whole point I'm trying to make, right? Um, so does things like Medicaid and CHIP. Um, you know, the schools that our kids go to take advantage of that, take advantage of the programs the schools offer, um, grants, government grants, things like that. All that stuff is just taxes that we've paid in and now they're redistributing out. So take advantage of the taxes that you've already paid in by looking up uh, programs that you can utilize to help you maybe start a business or help you educate your children, yada, 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 yada. But that's how you could take advantage of the taxes you're already, uh, are already paying. Next, we're going to talk about uh, tax favored um, accounts like your your IRAs, your traditional your traditional IRAs, your Roth IRAs, um, your your self directed IRAs. Um, if you don't know what self directed IRAs, they're one of my favorite types of IRAs. But anyway, and a lot of these accounts they give you uh, tax favorable methods, right? So uh, like in your four hundred one k or your four three b, these are um, like your 401k, your IRA, these are tax-deferred accounts, um, your traditional IRA or tax-deferred accounts. So what that means is it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't pay taxes. It just means your taxes are deferred. So instead of paying taxes today, you're going to pay taxes in the future, right? But as opposed to like a Roth IRA, you will pay taxes today, but you won't pay taxes in the future. And a lot of people have their own ideas about which is better, which is not. I personally am a proponent for paying taxes today and not having to pay taxes in the future. But we'll talk about why in a whole nother episode. But these are things that you could take advantage of when it comes to taxes. Um, And especially like in your 401k. So a lot of people will say things like, well, I don't want to take money out or I don't want to contribute to my 401k because, um, you know, I really say, for instance, you want to do $100 a month. You say, well, I don't have $100 a month to come out of my check. Well, what happens is, $100 into your 401k does not necessarily mean $100 out of your check because it's tax, it's pre-tax money, right? So in a sense, you're getting a discount on that $100. So uh, say for instance, if your tax burden is 30%, well, you're getting a 30% off that 100. So when it comes out, it only comes out at $70, not exactly $100, if that makes sense. And the math is not exactly correct on that, but just know Whatever you're contributing is not going to be as much out your check as you think it is because of the tax favorite nature of it. So and that's what all types of uh, uh, retirement accounts. Um, there's also other type of investment accounts that do that do these, like I said, traditional um, your, your Roth traditional IRAs. You also have your self-directed IRAs and self-directed just means you can pretty much put in any other type of asset class. And also like whole life insurances. You hear a lot of times that people try to sell you whole life insurance with these cash value uh, riders on them. Um, if you're not familiar with that, don't worry about it. But these are, are, are 
you could there's a lot of tax favoring within these programs and stuff too that help you reduce your taxes. Um, you can also itemize your taxes, right? So itemize your expenses. So usually what we do is when we go get our taxes done, especially if we go to like one of these H and R blocks or, or things like that. They usually do a real quick like 1040 easy form, right? So they're not really deducting anything. They'll just take a standard deduction, right? So we talked about what deductions are, but what they every year you get what's considered a what is called a standard deduction for an individual that's $6300. At least that's what it's going to be for uh, 2016. I think they just went up. Um maybe 6350. But anyway, and for a married couple, it's $12,600, right? So basically what that means, you make $50,000. Instead of taxing you on a $50,000, they will deduct that $6,300. So they're only taxing you on the remainder, what is it, 43, 7 or whatever. I think that's right. I don't know. But anyway, so what I get for trying to do math on the fly. Um, so you take a standard deduction of only $6,300, but... You may want to consider itemizing, especially if you like own a home, right? If you own a home or if you own a business, you have other or you you give to charitable uh, charities and stuff like that. You may find that you can deduct or that your expenses are way more than the standard sixty three hundred dollars. That's what we find is instead of us taking the the standard deduction of twelve thousand six hundred as a married couple, me and my wife, we do we itemize so. All the money that we donate throughout the year are tithed, so to speak. So, you know, if you're bringing home 50000 and you're tithing a 10%, you know, right there, that's $5,000, right? Just just off the top that you can write, that you can write off right there, all right? So, any, and then plus anything else, you're above that, your, your mortgage, um, uh, your mortgage interest and things like that. There's all types of things that you can write off on your taxes that you may not be aware of, Um and, and even employees, and this is not for business people, right? So uh, there's things for like teachers. So, for example, teachers, they have this deduction, especially for teachers. If you spend um, your own money to get your own supplies, you can deduct a certain amount of money from that, right? Um, there's other things out there that you can deduct that you don't necessarily need to be a, a business owner on, right? So um, moving expenses. If you had to move somewhere to get to get to your job, those expenses that you needed to move are tax deductible. Um, what's else? Um, your health health savings account. If you have an HSA uh, healthcare account, um, those things are deductible. Um, the the contributions into that, even your healthcare costs. Right. So if you drove somewhere for your for your medical care, um, you can actually write off or deduct mileage. I think it's somewhere like twenty five cents per mile or something like that. If you spent a bunch of money. On your health care, depending on what it is as far as the percentage of your income and stuff like that, you can deduct your health care expenses. Now, you can't deduct your health care premiums if you're an employee. If you're self-employed and you do your own deal, you can. But as an employee, you can't do you can't deduct your your premiums, but you can deduct some of your expenses. Again, get with your tax person and stuff like that in your own individual situation. But I'm just kind of giving you some ideas of things that are out there that you can deduct um, that you don't necessarily have to be a business owner for. So uh, do that. Do your own research with that. Make sure when you do your taxes, you just don't go in and give somebody a sheet of paper and they hand you a sheet of paper and say, here's your tax refund. Get the most you can get back, right? Don't pay more than you need to. And that's finding out what deductions you have available to you and what credits you have available to you. And if you don't know, you don't know where to start, 
I said, get with a tax professional or just go to irs.gov and just search, search deductions and credits. Matter of fact, I think there's a tab at the top of the page that says deductions and credits. You can kind of see the things that are out there and you can ask your CPA or your tax person about it uh, when it's time to come around. All right. Um, the earned income tax credit. That's one thing that I see. I've seen people miss. Right. If you if you don't make a ton of money and you got a few kids or whatnot that earn income tax credit, that's like six thousand dollars right there. Right. And I think it's going up again this year to kind of keep up with inflation. So uh, don't don't, you know, get these things, get a list of these things and make sure you ask your tax person about this stuff. Right. Um, other things for like uh, pre-tax benefits for employees. So like, you know, I'd, when they take, um, you know, if you have things like uh, I'm drawing a blank all of a sudden uh, disability insurance. Right. That stuff comes out like pre-tax. Um, your FSA. So, um, uh, your FSA is basically, uh, your flex spending account, man, I'm, I'm having brain farts right now. So your flex spending account, right? So your flex, uh, spending account is basically, uh, an account that they let you put money into and you can spend that stuff on your healthcare costs throughout the year. Right. Me and my wife did that this year because we knew there'd be some dental work in my future. Uh, and maybe we'll be having another baby, things like that. So we put aside the maximum amount we could from our in our flex spending account uh, this year so we can save taxes on that. So we can save money on that because it comes out pre-tax. Now, here's a caveat to that. If you don't use all your money in your FSA, you forfeit it. So don't just load it up just because you're trying to save some taxes. And if you, what happens if you don't end up using it? You lose it, which I think is the most asinine thing in the world. But those are just the rules right now. Hopefully, maybe somebody will change that one day. Okay, Um, so those are some things. So check out your benefits at your job. Anything that you can take out pre-tax is a tax deal. It's a tax break. Right. So uh, look into that. Um, Let's see. Next thing you can do is start a home-based business. Well, let me start with this, uh, getting married. <laughs> I found that when we got married, we saved a lot more money. So if you you shacking up with an old girl and stuff like that, and I know maybe you plan on marrying her one day, go ahead and just get married to her. You don't have to have the wedding or whatnot. Just go to the courthouse, get married, and then y'all can have a wedding later or whatnot. That way you make her, you know, make it all legit and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, get yourself married. You can save money on taxes that way. There's some benefits to being married. Um, let's see. Start a home-based business. I've talked about this before. Right. Uh, The beauty of a home based business is the fact that a lot of the things you can write off, a lot of things that you're doing already. Right. Like living in your house, using electricity, using the Internet, using your cell phone, buying cell phones, uh, driving your car, going out to eat, taking vacations and trips, things like that. Things that you're already doing in your own lifestyle can turn around and be business expenses because you own a home based business. Right. I'm talking to you from my computer on the microphone in my office, um, and I am pursuing a profit with this business. Therefore, these things that I'm using to talk to you and bring forward to you this here program, I get to write them off, right? These can be significant, significant. I'm talking thousands of dollars of deductions for you that you're missing out. Here's an example. You get to deduct even more of your uh, mileage when you're driving for your business, right? I think it's somewhere like 65 cents or something like that per mile that you drive. So if you think about you drive 10,000 miles in a year, right, times 65 cents, that's 
quite a bit of deductions that you could take off your taxes, right? So having a home-based business is one of the best ways when you can combine being a W-2 employee with a 1099, uh, having a side hustle or side business, you combine those benefits and you never really have to be a big corporation, right? There are more than 400 and something tax breaks just for having a home-based business alone. The government wants you to have a home-based business. How do we know that? Well, we know that because we talked about what the tax program is. The tax program is nothing more than an incentive program, right? They want to incentivize you to do things that the government cannot do very well. And that's create jobs. That's to stimulate the economy. That's to pursue profit. Because if you can do that, right? Remember, there's two, there's really two sides of the tax code, right? There's, there's a tax code for employees and there's a tax code for the business owners, right? So what's the purpose of them? So the tax code for the employees is to pay the bills, right? It's to pay the tax burden, right? Now, the tax code for the business owners, the small business owners, that tax code is designed to stimulate the economy, create jobs, and to create more employees that can pay the bills, right? So people who pay the bills pay the highest amount of taxes. The people who can create the people who can pay the bills, the people who can stimulate the economy will pay the lowest amount of taxes. And I'm sorry to say, no matter who's in the White House, right, this is kind of the way the tax code is probably going to go for the foreseeable future. Now, there's some people out there talking about flat taxes and things like that. Uh, I, I don't see that happening anytime soon. So until that happens, understand the game, right? One side of the tax code is for employees to pay the bills. The other side of the tax code is for small business owners to stimulate the economy and to create people who can pay the bills. So therefore, that side, that side of the the equation is going to pay less taxes. Right. That's why people got mad at Trump. That's why Warren Buffett, who makes who's worth like sixty four billion dollars, stated that his taxes per as a percentage is less than his own secretary. Right. Sixty four billion dollars. And I think his tax burden was only 17 percent versus hers was like 30 something percent. Right. And we talked about why that is the case. So this is why you want to have a home based business. Right. You could be mad at the system or you could pursue a profit. Right. Which we should be doing anyway, because we've talked about how your jobs are temporary. We talked about um, last week. We talked about number two, the, the number the two biggest killer, uh, which is also a tax is inflation. Right. Your job just won't be able to keep up with inflation. We use the example of it, uh, of if my mom was making a hundred thousand dollars a year in 1980 in order to make that same amount of purchasing power to live the same lifestyle today she'll be needing to make over two hundred and ninety thousand dollars today right so if you're at your job and you're making sixty thousand dollars today right and you're saying okay uh, in 20 years i'll need to double my money so i can at least live the same lifestyle i'm living today ask yourself is there anybody around you today that's making one hundred and twenty thousand dollars in your department or at your job or whatnot. If that's not the case, you know, you need to think about another game plan, right? So um, what's a home-based business? Anything that you could do that would pursue a profit, right? You can, I don't know, you can sew 
socks or whatever and sell them on eBay. You can uh, get you a little Etsy shop. You can mow lawns. You can go pick up poop in your neighbor's yard. It doesn't matter. You can start a network marketing business. You can do a Mary Kay thing. You can do coding. You could be a social media manager. There's so many things you can do from the comfort of your own home. You can even maybe even work a deal out with your job so you can maybe work as a partner at home uh, part time throughout the week. And maybe you could do some independent contractor stuff. A lot of people that I know who are high incomes, especially like doctors and lawyers and things like that, they would do themselves a justice if they did not take all of their income as a W-2 employee and maybe did some of that 1099 work. But that's for another uh, podcast. But anyway, they can lower their tax burden so much more if you just kind of understand these two sides of the coin. Right. So um, start a home based business. You can also invest in real estate. Right. Uh, again, why do you get tax breaks for real estate? Well, the government is not very good at creating housing. So what they want to do is incentivize you to go out and provide housing for people. And if you can do that, they will give you tax breaks. Right. It's real simple. This is the tax system. It's not complicated. You know, it's a ton of pages. It can be complicated, but these aren't loopholes. These aren't under the table type deals. This is what the government wants you to do. They're asking you to do these things. This is the one time where I say do what the government is asking you to do. Right. Uh, Because they want you to partner with them uh, and they want to incentivize you to do so. Um Start a real estate business, right? So if you're going to get into real estate, maybe start a real estate business. Maybe even you can be a realtor on the side, right? Or you can be a uh, one of the things that I did when we were uh, when I first got started in real estate is I did some wholesaling, right? I would wholesale flip uh, real estate contracts. Now this is not um, necessarily investing. This is a business because you would be uh, taxed like a business. Um, but there's better benefits if you do more long-term investing and stuff like that. There's more tax breaks, but we'll talk about that another time. Um, and then lastly, probably one of the, the biggest things you could do, uh, well, maybe not lastly, second to last, the biggest things you could do is find a tax strategist, right? So when you, uh, and especially this time of year is a good time to get with somebody who does taxes, right? And if there's any CPAs um, or tax accounts or tax strategists that listen to the show, contact me, right? Contact me, let me know, because I'm sure some people are going to contact me about if I know any people. So um, let's let's do that. If you are a tax person or you know some tax people, have them call me or uh, shoot me an email, because what we want to start doing is creating a database of other misfits who believe the same things we believe, who understand what, what we're talking about, and that will work with us to make sure we can get uh, the, the, the most out of our money. So make sure y'all do that. But find you a tax strategist. It may be worth you paying a few hundred dollars to somebody who knows what they're doing to help you uh, reduce your tax burden, not only for the tax season that's coming up, but maybe they'll give you a strategy throughout next year that can help you save even a whole lot more. And then you can just grow with them. Um, and if you decide to start a home based business that you just get off on the right foot. So that's one of the biggest things you could do. Um, and we touched on the last one, and I, and I think this is not just for the tax burden because uh, I think it's also good for your soul, and that's to give, right? If you're not tithing, if you're not giving, um, I think you're doing yourself a disservice, right? Because there's something, the reason why we don't give, and it's not a judgment, but the reason why we don't give is a lot of times either we've never seen anybody else give, right? We've never understood the power of it, or... Um, we're stingy, right? 
or we're just afraid, right? And when you're stingy or afraid, you try to hold on to money so tight, it ends up leaving you anyway, right? And that's how pretty much how anything goes. You're so afraid of losing it that you end up losing it, right? So not only is it good for your taxes, right, because you can write the stuff off, but it's good for your soul, right? When you give money, more comes back to you. Right. You plant that seed and that seed will give you a harvest. Right. You can plant a single apple seed that will give you an apple tree that will dump off hundreds of apples year after year after year after year. So don't squander all your seeds. Basically what I'm trying to say. Right. So consider that give. You'll feel good about yourself, too. But you can also get a tax break for it. Right. So those are the things that we could do. To minimize our tax burden. So let's recap on the biggest things I want you to make sure you take home with, right? The first one is my favorite thing to do, and that's to shift your income and get money back from the IRS. If you're getting a large tax refund, stop. Okay? Stop. You can do so much more with your money when you have it in your own hands. You can live a better lifestyle, you can save more. You can start investing more. Remember, the sooner from an investment perspective, the sooner you put your money in, the more time your money has to compound, right? The more time it has to grow. But if you wait a whole year, somebody did a research on this and said if you were to put $5,000 a year in your IRA, IRA in the beginning of the year versus putting in at the end of the year, in the end of 20 to 30 years, the difference was hundreds of thousands of dollars. I think it was somewhere from like 400000 if you put it in at the end of the year to like uh, 700000 if you put it in at the beginning of the year, right? So don't, don't disregard those things, right? Just, and you probably have never heard of that, right? But that's why we got this podcast, so we can talk about stuff like that. But make sure you're getting your money today. And if you don't feel comfortable getting your money today because you don't feel like you got a good grasp of, uh, of your own finances, Come join the Misfits. Get on the email list, or just shoot me an email. Say, hey man, I you know I I need to figure this whole thing out. Shoot me an email. There's been a lot of people that emailed me. Um, we email back and forth. I, I love hearing about your your progresses and stuff like that. Um, and we can just start from there. Now I don't charge for you to email me. There's not I'm not gonna send you a bill and nothing like that. But if you're really struggling, you need a hard hard time, and you you want to get this thing together. Shoot me an email. Right. Don't just reach out. We got to talk. The reason why we're not good with money is because we don't talk about money. Right. That's why I started this podcast. I and I, I can't tell you. And, and I don't care how much how much you make. Right. If you make thirty thousand. I've talked to people who make thirty thousand are struggling. I've talked to people who make three hundred thousand are struggling. Right. Uh, because money is a habit. How we handle money is a habit. And uh, that's why MC Hammer. That's how Mike Tyson. They can go make millions of dollars and they can go broke. Right. Because. They just use the same habits they already had. And I want to make sure that we get better habits. But do that. Head over to irs.gov, search for the W-4 um, withholding uh, calculator, and you can make adjustments. It'll print out a W-4 for you. You can take it to your HR. And look, if you're getting a $6,000 tax um, refund every year, look, that's an extra $500 a month. Okay, that ain't nothing to sneeze at. Uh, number two, work on getting more deductions, right? So when you go do your taxes, don't just go there, hand them your, your W-2 form, and then let the lady at Walmart type your numbers in and then say, okay, here's your refund, right? Uh, get with somebody or do some research. If you, want to do your own, if you don't want to do your own research on the IRS site, ask around, get with a tax strategist, 
and make sure you're asking about all these deductions and credits and make sure you're getting all of them that are, are due to you. Right. Do You know, you can write off sales taxes in a lot of places. Do you know that? I don't know. I just found it out like a year ago. But anyway, there's so many deductions out there for you. You just got to take advantage of them. Um, and then put make sure you put your money that freed up money. Make sure you put that freed up money to work for you. Right. And tax favored investing accounts. Um, if you have debt, put it towards your debt. Right. Because um, when you can pay off some debt, say, for instance, you got a, a six percent debt. That's pretty much a 6% percent return on your money, in a sense, right? And it's also tax-free, so they're not, also, they're not charging you taxes to pay that money back, to get your money back, right? So those are the big things I, I want you to get at and then make sure, and probably lastly is, like I said before, is it may be worth it to get with a, a, a tax professional to go over all this stuff and they can really help you um, because I, I promise you they can do a whole lot better than a lot of these kind of uh, pop-up shops that you see that do tax refunds and stuff like that right and then if you do need their help later on they won't just be disappearing from you and stuff like that so that's it hopefully that was helpful um tax is not a very fun thing to talk about right Uh, nobody likes to talk about them because they're not very interesting but just remember taxes your largest expense right if you live in this country and you work for a living, especially if you're an employee, you are taxed higher than anybody else. Don't keep getting beat up, right? Find out how to reduce your taxes. We talked about it last episode that the average college person will come out and he'll probably make two, he or she will make $2 million over their, over their lifespan working in 30 years. $700,000 will go towards taxes. That's a lot of money. Think about if you can invest that $700,000. Right. Don't sneeze at this. This is a big deal. You can get some of your tax money back. You can have some of your freedom back and you can get to financial freedom a whole lot faster because it matters. 30 to 50 percent of your money is a lot of money. So let's get it again. Hopefully that was helpful. If you like it, please subscribe to the show and give us a review on iTunes. All you got to do is search in the podcast player for the Get Your Money Right podcast. It'll pop up. You'll see the little little tab up there said reviews just leave your reviews you won't see it right away because it takes maybe a day or two or sometimes a week for your review to pop up but just 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 trust as long as you you put it in there it'll pop up later on and again think about one person just one person you think who could benefit from this information maybe it's your spouse maybe it's your best friend maybe it's your mama maybe it's your uncle i don't know who it is think about that one person and share this out with them let's keep this thing going remember if you have any questions you can reach out to me find more information about what we do at yourmoneyright.com make sure you become a misfit because there's more and more stuff coming down the pipeline inside our uh, misfit library so with that being said thank you so much for listening i love you and god bless mps mps i said we're talking about money